Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. It's another podcast, Ron. It is, Pam. And I'm telling you, I am super excited for this podcast. <laughs> you know, you never want, I mean, you, I wonder um, how events work sometimes and the people that volunteer. So this episode is going to be really interesting. Um, people can learn about the 24 hours and the people that um, make it happen. It is. Um, there's a special, special group of people <coughs> that uh, really are the heart and soul of 24 hours in the canyon. It is. They're, and they're, they're behind the scenes, um, most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and a lot of people don't realize all the unique things that happen and the stories that come out of it and the um, memories, right? That's right. We've been doing this a long time. And uh, I tell you, there's no better person to start off with than uh, our guest today. And some people that are listening probably maybe recognize this guest his voice. His maybe. voice. He's mm-hmm. been on the podcast two times, filled in for you. That's right. Well, I didn't fill in. Took over for you. Took over. Replaced. Re- no, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> Could we do that? No. No, 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 no. So, uh, yeah, today's guest is uh, one of the um, very few people who have been around for its entirety, I'll go ahead and say that, of 24 Hours in the Canyon. So, uh, Alan Harris, Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It uh, it has been an entirety, I'll tell you. It's, <laughs> it's pretty much filled up the last, what, 16 years almost? Yes. Going into 16 years? Yeah, yeah. It's been an amazing deal. Yeah, you know, um, so th- the the first question we're going to be asking all of our guests is how long, and I've let the cat out of the bag, how long you've been a part of 24 Hours? Uh, since actually before it was 24 Hours. I think it was a, a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you and your wife had had. I guess you've probably gone over yep. the etiology of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I kind of got in on it when you were looking for somebody that was familiar with the canyon yes, and could figure out first aid. And mm-hmm. I'm a registered nurse. And and so you, you were kind of pointed toward me, I think, mm-hmm. as filling up both of those blanks. Uh, and that was, uh, what, in March, before we had the first 24 hours the yeah. following May. Yeah. 16 yeah. years ago, coming on 16 years ago. It's actually been 16 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow. It, there's a, a lot of history there. There is. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. <laughs> we, we don't have enough time on this podcast to go with that whole, that whole story. That's we can for probably sure. write a book, right? We should someday. Yeah. Alan, so why do you continue to volunteer for 24 hours? <laughs> uh, I, you know, the first thing that pops into my head is I'm a masochist. Uh, and I mean that in a very kind way, uh, because we put in a lot of effort and time, uh, sleep deprivation. There are a lot of things that go in with all these people you're going to talk to, uh, that go into being part of the 24 hours. But I think the, the most amazing thing that the rewards you get, uh, is watching, uh, those people come across the finish line for the last time. Uh, at noon on Sunday and what they've done and what they've accomplished and why they're suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, it for some of those folks, it is truly suffering uh, and why they're suffering and, and, and what all that leads to, which is 
this organization, mm-hmm. the Survivorship Center, and all that's come out from that. That's that's the why. It's, it's because you can touch so many people that you never even see. True. Uh, and and they they're truly appreciative, which we'll get into in another part here. Yeah. Truly appreciative of what what the organization does, and that that little bit of thanks, that little inner thanks that you get is uh, is why you do it. You know, you just it it feels good to be good. That's right. Yeah, that's a. You know that's a, that's a that's a good little statement there. Feels good to to be you know. I'll, I'll, it's it's for sale. It's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Alan, I know that um, you have numerous connections to cancer, and uh, one of those is what you're doing now for us at the Survivorship Center um, by way of working with uh, prostate cancer survivors. Yep. So let's touch on just uh, your connection to cancer, and and uh, then, uh, of course, what you do um, for prostate cancer survivors. Okay, well, let's start with what, what my, my original connection with cancer was, and yeah. that was my dad died of, of pneumonia as a result of leukemia, and that was in the 80s, way before this organization came about, right. obviously. Uh, but you always... Uh, you always have a, a spot in your heart and in your soul for those people that are going through those struggles, regardless of what kind of cancer it is. And there are numerous, too numerous to count cancers. Uh, but everybody struggles. And I watched my dad struggle uh, even to breathe toward the end. And and those things stick with it, you know. And then the opportunity uh, to do the 24 Hours in the Canyon ride race uh, came about. Uh, and that that seemed to me then and now to be a way to give back to that community of people, which has ultimately turned into even more than what we thought it was going to be at the onset. Very true. Um, my connection now, uh, lucky is, and my wife, her, her husband before me in that other chapter of her life, he died of cancer. Uh, so I have to speak for her a little bit. She can't be here today. Uh, but she has that connection uh, that, that got us both not just interested, but really invested, uh, I think, in, in what, what we try to accomplish with 24 Hours in the Canyon. Uh, now, uh, as a result of the convolutions in life uh, and, and working with 24 Hours in the Canyon ride race, uh, I've kind of parlayed my nursing background into working as a nurse navigator uh, for guys that have been diagnosed with prostate cancer yeah. uh, as kind of an educator, uh, translator, because doctors don't always speak English. Uh, and <laughs> I a, second that. I, yeah. I'm sure there's some folks listening that are going, "Oh yeah." Yeah. Well, and that's the that, you know that's a that's that's to me is is the second most important part because it's very important that people understand what's going on with them. You know, and if you walk out of an office and you're like, "What was he talking about?" Um, to me, that's not a good thing, especially when you're talking about cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Uh, and the other thing that I do with that is I'm a resource. Uh, I get phone calls all the time from people that uh, um, want some definition to something that went on in the meeting or, you know, why did he order an MRI or whatever their questions may be. Uh, and, and it gives them a chance to get in touch with somebody that's a little more readily available than the physicians sometimes are because they're busy. Yeah. You know, they've got a lot of other stuff going yep. on too. So. Yeah. Well, it's a valuable resource that luckily we're able to provide by way of the, the foundation and the survivorship center, because there are navigators for breast cancer. There are navigators for head and neck and lung. And, and uh, there's never been a navigator for prostate cancer, which tends to be one of the top three cancers in our region. Yeah. We're very blessed in this to have you um, educate our patients. Thank you. I, I 
I've been blessed, frankly, in, in, in absolutely all seriousness. Uh, it's been a blessing to me. I found a lot more uh, of and about myself over the last, what, four years uh, that, we've been, that I've been doing what I'm doing. Uh, met some wonderful people, seen some great stories, seen some very sad stories. Sure. Uh, but it's been, a, it's, it's been a, a, an eye-opening, heart-opening four years that I've been doing this. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, Alan, um, I'm sure you have lots of memories of 24 hours. What's your favorite one? You know, I, I, I kind of got a heads up on this memories question. <laughs> and, and first of all, we have to go back to the context of 16 years of, of the canyon, you know, and, and, and living down there for the really pretty much the week before and all that goes on. And there, there, there are things that stand out in your mind that are really pretty poignant, and there are things that were just downright scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the more scary things have been weather related. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, I mean, we've had people get sick. We've had people get injured because it is bicycle racing. Uh, and you see a lot of that, not a lot. You see some of it. Uh, but the weather has always been one of the most scary impacts on the events. When you're getting grapefruit sized hail, that just totally totaled the camper that you're staying in, uh, and and there's nowhere to go. And then when you see some of the videos mm-hmm. that people took after that hailstorm, uh, you know it's just like, man, I'm I'm glad we even made it. You know the thing is when you talk about um, the uh, thunderstorms and hail, and we are a- able to say, um, in 16 years we've had two two events, two storms, and. In, in the grand scheme of things, when you talk about um, people who do outdoor events say, well, about every six years, you should think about probably having a weather impact. Yeah. And, of course, I think we're doing pretty good. We're right on the money. You know, <laughs> we're doing pretty good. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. You know, the, the better part of that is uh, just about everybody that comes out and participates in the events are aware of West Texas weather, yeah. if you will. Uh, and and when we have problems, they're very gracious and understanding and appreciate the remarkable efforts that I think the team makes to mm-hmm. keep them safe and advised of what's going on. Uh, and uh, and it works, you know, yeah. even even though we have some pretty scary weather events, it, it works. And sure. everybody people come back the next year. So yeah. it must be doing must yeah. be doing pretty well. The most poignant, memorable thing was the first year we had the survivors when we were going out of uh, the, the Dick Auditorium mm-hmm. thing. Um, you, you look down that park road and you see all those folks uh, in, their, in their T-shirts, and uh, it's, it's an incredible reminder of... Uh, it makes you cry, you know, why we're here. You know, these people are alive and doing well uh, because of, of the efforts that the folks at the survivorship make a survivorship center make Pam and and all the all the instructors and the support people that help there. Uh, it, it's just amazing to see and and it just makes you cry just as you go by. Yeah. And then you and then you sit there and watch the race start and watch hundreds of people come out of that driveway and and go along in front of those survivors. And it's just like yeah, this is why we're doing this. You know, it it's, it's a it's a very poignant emotional moment. I, I dare anybody 
to have dry eyes during that moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting misty. I just remembering. I used to always say that the, the best part of, of 24 hours is the kids race mm-hmm. until, until we started having the survivors there at yeah. the send off. And I'm like, that totally trumps the, the kids race 100% because uh, it is. It brings yeah. everything back into perspective. And, you know, Pam, one of the things I'm going to do throughout this podcast with our folks is um, I've done some really serious remembrances and thinking and soul searching and trying to come up with um, specific memories per helper <laughs> and committee member who comes on. Um, this one's been a tough one because there's been with, with Alan, there's uh, it could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, none of them bad, all of them great, but, but I think this is the one thing that, uh, has been most memorable with me in, in, in working with you and having you a part of 24 hours is, uh, I, I see Alan as like my dad. He has very wise counsel. Is that aging him? No, no. (laughs) Very wise counsel. Uh, he knows if I was to come to him and say, Gosh, the canyon got a quarter inch of rain last night. What do you think? And he goes, oh, no, by tomorrow at 2, it'll be dry. Usually by 145, 150, it's dry. I mean, he knows it. He's been there. He's seen it. He's done it. We can take them through this way. We can move them that way. We can do this. We can cut there. We can cut this. There's this thing over here, and I know where we can go, and it comes right back over there. And I'm like, you're going to need to draw that out for me because I am lost. But it's always been very wise counsel when it comes to that because he knows all of those things. He also knows what's best for people. Mm-hmm. And so in those difficult decisions of, hey, what do you think about us? Are we going to be able to restart this thing now that this has happened? And it, it, it's like, no, we're not. And it, at that point, you just kind of know, yeah, he's right. And so uh, I think not not to get emotional or, or anything, but the wise counsel I've received from someone like Alan has been incredibly beneficial, which speaks volumes about him being what he's able to do with our cancer survivors that have prostate cancer. We are very lucky. Very very lucky. And I, I appreciate those kind words. You know, I, I think all of us never have anything less than the safety and well-being of our participants and our survivors at heart. I mean, that's that's what we're about, you know, and, and, and if we're cavalier about those responsibilities, uh, we're, we, we lose support. Sure. You know? sure. And I think you, there's always an exception, but I think for the vast majority of the folks that we work with, ride with, enjoy over that long weekend, I think the vast majority approves of the decisions we make because we're pretty open about why we're doing them. Yeah. We really try to be be pretty frank about Absolutely. it. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to I have to tell you that the, the, the fatherly image thing is a I'm always reminded of your kids who call me and Margaret, that the grandparents they got to choose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's a, that's Those a, are good that's people. a very responsible feeling you know it's a it's it's been a great family deal and I think that's kind of part of what we have going on is it's been a we have a a vast extended family that puts this event on every year uh made evident by the fact that we will go months sometimes without seeing each other this time of year Mm -hmm. usually and then we'll come together for that first meeting in December or whenever when we start talking about next year's event and it's like it was yesterday Mm mm-hmm that's right. You know, That's it's right. Just, it's like we saw each other yesterday. Old friends coming together. Don't you know, this, skip it's a an beat. Am, it's an amazing fraternity. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it, it just amazes me that the kinship that's developed among the group 
uh, over the over the last years. And there's been some comings and goings, uh, but but it's been an amazing an amazing thing. It's heartwarming. Deeper than that. Pam, this has been a good one to start off with. It has been. I, I can't wait to hear the rest. I know. I know. It's going to be fun as we go down memory lane and for over 16 years and uh, visit with the, uh, not all. Unfortunately, we're not able to visit with all of our, our committee members. It might be about a 12-volume podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, super excited to dive through the rest of our, our committee members. Alan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for working with our survivors and uh, uh, for, for giving of yourself and, and being a part of this uh crazy wild weekend thank you it's been a part part of the best parts of my life have been in the last 16 years and you know what i'm talking about absolutely absolutely thank you pam our next guest uh from the committee of the 24 hours in the canyon are a couple and so this Mm -hmm. is the first time we've had um uh, four people actually simultaneously right on the podcast so uh brandon and tiffany johnson uh have been with us for a number of years and let's just talk about that how long Guys, have you been a part of 24 Hours? Well, we really started um, on the committee in 2017 um, after we had a year of 2016 that we volunteered the entire year or the entire event for one day, and then we got asked to join the committee. Um, Tiffany's been doing it longer than I have been. So I've volunteered for probably about three or four years before that. Um and then we were asked if we intentionally signed up for all of those. <laughs> I, I, Pam, that Ron, was... Ron, what do you do to these people? Everybody well, gets volunteered and then... Yeah, well, you know, so I usually say, be careful what you ask for, right? Because that was the... Uh, you're exactly right, Tiffany. When that happened, it was like, this. I don't know that they meant to do this. <laughs> and turns out, yes, they did mean to do that. And so you're right. You say someone asked that was me because right i mean like if you wanted to be there you were there volunteered all weekend you might as well get the the incredible perks that come along with being a part of the 24 <laughs> hours in the canyon <laughs> committee right agree <laughs> sure he says the the perks are wonderful yeah so why 24 hours so i was working with um a few coworkers, Julie Smith, mm-hmm. Alan Harris, Margaret Harris, and I saw the amazing things that they were able to do with 24 hours in the canyon. Um, I just wanted to be able to help cancer survivors and make an impact on my own. Yeah. And um, my husband, Brandon, ended up joining that task with me. You know, there's a lot. Everybody brings something different to the table. They do. Everybody does. Um, Some days I question what maybe I bring to the table, (laughs) but everyone does. And um, they both obviously, you know, Tiffany with her medical background and um, Brandon has phenomenal contacts that we utilize for the 100 mile route through his uh, police uh, there at WT and knowing all the canyon and the Randall County sheriffs and all the connections that, that they have. And so um, it's been kind of, there was a purpose, a reason for that. That's right. Yeah. So let's talk, if you guys will, um, about your connection to cancer and maybe uh, discuss a little bit about that with our listeners. So um, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was in first grade, um, grew up with it. It was stage four bilateral breast cancer. Um, 
grew up with surgeries, radiation, chemo. I think I was probably 10 years old and flushing central lines at home and emptying drains. And I just, it's dear to my heart and have always wanted to give back because I understand what these families and patients go through. Um, it's not an easy battle and they need that support from us. And it's true. And I had no idea, you know, at the time, I mean, I knew now, but I did not know then when I asked you guys to come on, I mean, we don't have an interview process or tell us <laughs> or this is a requirement, but there is that woven web inter- intertwined and, and the reason reasoning for that. And so, which of course I know is why you're doing nursing today, because I would imagine you did a lot of nursing then. Definitely. Um, nursing has been my calling. I don't know what else I would do. Um, I just have the compassionate heart for people and want the best for them. And my mom instilled that in me. And if I can give back, I want to. And Brandon just comes and hangs for the weekend. <laughs> the hangman. For the, most the wingman. Part. I mean, it, I've had some in my family um, that were has been connected to cancer. Nothing that I was truly really involved in. It was more extended family. But what I've seen since doing this and friends that have actually used the survivorship center makes me want to come back every year and keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And we're grateful for that. Absolutely we are. It takes a monster team. It does. And we've got one. So there's lots of memories um out there that are made. What's y'all's favorite one? <laughs> well this year um there's a ton that I was trying to figure out. This year was more um we had I do the hundred mile course on on Saturday. We had a paraplegic um, veteran that rode a hand bike the full hundred mile course and watching him granted we he was slower than everybody else but he finished the entire course and I don't care what I, happens to be in my life I know <laughs> I've got it a hell of a lot easier yeah. um, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. there's if I ever feel down on myself I'm like I watched a guy use his arms and do a hundred miles and I couldn't do it on with my legs so and he climbed out of the canyon. You know, he's done that a few times as well. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's a tremendous feat. Um, we've had Joe Chris on several occasions out at, at 24 Hours, and um, he is an impressive guy. He is. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. I don't either. <laughs> I, I don't either. He's got some strong determination and some very strong arms. <laughs> yeah. Tiffany, what about you? So I would, you know, I have lots of medical uh, reminders in the mountain bike area, always (laughs) some kind of scuffs and skins. But one of my most memorable times was meeting the big pig group. Uh, One of the gentlemen, he had a huge inflatable pig and he comes running down the trail and who expected a big pig to be running down a bike trail? <laughs> they did. Yes. Um, they're a huge support of our event, and, you know, that opened up the door to meeting lots of new people from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 
and and it lit up too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Didn't it? Did it I light think so. up? I think it lit up and it inflated. It's like <laughs> one of those huge inflatable dinosaurs, yes. but it was a pig. <laughs> <laughs> a sight to see. Yeah, but well, you know, and I would imagine some of those guys are going, "That was me," or "That was so and so." I know exactly who that was. You know, that, that are listening. So whoever that was, uh, we need you back. We need you to be a part of the the inflatable. Uh, pig brigade in the mountain bike area. And if I'm not mistaken, I might've seen something like that on the hill climb one time. I think it, it, it may have been the same guy, um, which is awesome and cool all the way around. But, you know, I, I'm talking about um, on this with our folks that are being a part, what uh, maybe has been my most impactful and memorable moment, um, which we, one of, one of them we touched on was just my shock and like awe that someone would actually want to volunteer all weekend and, and not really be a part of it, which you guys did. But also, I remember that year, it was rather eventful. Um, there was a lot going on, uh, to say the least. I think there was some, some pretty significant medical stuff going on in the mountain bike area where you were, Tiffany. And I know uh, Brandon spent the better part of the evening looking for some folks who were missing that weren't even a part of our event. But we were trying to locate some folks. And uh, many times the park has one or two folks at night to go out and do those. But we had a, a, an abundance of, fo- of our crew with lights and able to go find uh, some missing hikers that should have never been where they were. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, well, if they can do this, they can do anything, Pam. That's right. So yeah. be careful what you ask for. That's the takeaway from this segment, right? <laughs> 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 well, thank you guys for what you do. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, always jumping in and helping in, in any form, fashion, or any way possible. And, you know, um, just kind of uh, making sure everything gets done. So we thank you guys. Well, thank you guys because we love this new family that we have acquired. That's right. That's right. You may, you may be you may be looking the 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 bad uncle or the uh, cousin Eddie or something like that, but probably some of those. We got a few of those in the family. That's right. Well, thank you guys, Pam. Our next committee member joining us on the podcast today is Deanna Holcomb. Deanna, thanks for joining us. Tell us about uh, how long you've been involved with Twenty Four Hours. Well. I was a volunteer with some other mountain bike races and ran into Ryan and, or he ran Uh into me (laughs) (laughs) and um, asked me if he could call me later that week. And I would say it's probably been, if I was guessing 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. Did you get any food? Did I get any food? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. We didn't go to lunch. Uh (laughs) No, it was a phone call on the, on the, it was just a phone call. A phone call. Yeah. You know, Pam, it's funny how, how these have all evolved. And as we talk with everyone and you kind of look at me like another one. <laughs> I can tell the story. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, Deanna was volunteering at another event. And I thought, well, if she likes to volunteer and she's helping with mountain biking and her husband rides bikes. She'd be a great fit. Mm-hmm. And the rest is, as they say, his history. history. Yeah. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got zapped. Um, why 24 hours? Well, like Ryan said, we're big in the mountain biking community, and it was really neat to see an organization or a a fundraiser that came in that involved the biking community in so many ways. And having a simultaneous mountain bike and road race and just the passion that you saw in Ryan and his family going towards cancer patients and everybody, the first event that we volunteered for, it was really neat to see just everybody's heart and the passion cancer patients. There is a lot of that. There is. There is a lot of that. So Deanna, let's talk about 
uh, your connection to cancer? Well, my mom had a really rare blood cancer that they didn't know how to cure. And there wasn't anything like this for any of us. It was really hard to watch her. Her last two years were miserable um, for all of us and watching her change. Um, I now have a uncle who has two different forms of leukemia. We have a very close friend that um, had colon cancer that had taken over his body before um, they found out about it. And he was actually my first experience to see anybody with the 24 hours in the Canyon Cancer Center. And so it was... It's just something that everybody has to deal with. It's a, there's not really anybody left in the world that hasn't known or loved somebody who's been touched by cancer. And it's scary because there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Yeah. It, I remember that day. And, I do too. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was a hard day, I think, for all of us. Um, but they were here because of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you took a t- took time to be invested in their lives and making sure they knew the services and the programs we had to offer. It's a full circle moment. It is a full circle moment. <laughs> he came in very tough and left human. <laughs> yes, well, yes. And I think he would agree that. And I'm glad you brought him in. Um, but you've been around a while, like you said. I'm sure you have lots of good memories, some crazy memories. What yes. is one of your favorite memories of 24 Hours? Hmm. My favorite is probably it's every year getting to see all the people that come back. It is really neat to hear their stories. Um, it's cool to see the survivors that we've seen throughout the entire race. Um, it's neat to hear their stories, but my favorite is just getting to see all the people every year and seeing the community and communities and actually the nation and some parts of the world come together and support such a big event. One crazy weekend. Yeah, and I would totally agree because I, I say a, a lot or often, you know, the twenty-four hour family. Welcome to the fam, you know, twenty-four hour family. And I know other events talk about that, and it's a it's a big family, but it is almost kind of like an annual reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that you get to see um, once a year if you're lucky, and uh, it's kind of cool to catch up with them and and see how they've been. Maybe your friends on Facebook, but you don't ever get to see or visit with them. You know, one of the guys, for instance, is uh, Chris Hopkinson that comes from uh, the United Kingdom, uh, the island of Guernsey, actually. And, um, you know, getting to see him is kind of a cool reunion when he does come, which makes our event international, which is really kind of crazy. It is. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, um, Pam, it's my turn now to um, share with Deanna, as we're doing with all of our our, uh, guests, uh, I've been kind of going back and thinking about what's been the most impactful as it relates to what I've seen with you being a part of 24 Hours. And I would, I would kind of tag in with what you said a second ago about um, uh, being more involved. Um, you know, Deanna has been involved with us with our fly fishing excursion. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also been, was instrumental in uh, setting up and coordinating and helping uh, do all the things that centered around guys and guns, which has been one of my most favorite events. Um, and we did not get to do it last year and we're hoping to be able to do it, uh, this coming year. Um, guys and guns, if you want to know is, well, let me, I'll ask Deanna, tell us about guys and guns. So guys and guns is exactly what it sounds like. Um, we get (laughs) some of the police officers here in town and they take all the 
the guys that are survivors and battling cancer even and take them out to the range and they get to shoot all sorts of fun guns for toys. the day. Yeah, toys. Lots of toys. <laughs> yeah. And Pam, I'm telling you, you, you see some testosterone <laughs> coming to the forefront with, with these guns. A little competitiveness. A, a, a lot. lot of competitiveness, <laughs> especially amongst the police officers who were there because <laughs> they're very competitive. But, they, oh, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Even though I did not get to shoot a couple of them, which I'm hoping to this next time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, to, to be involved with, with that and, and partnering with um, the Emerald Police Department, uh, to be able to do this. I know that one of the biggest things we had was what about girls and guns or ga- gals and guns? And so, you know, we're going to kind of work through some of those things and see what we can do, but we don't have a whole lot that's tailored strictly to men. And so this is one of those ones that uh, definitely reaches out there. Uh, the, the fine folks from Access Community Credit Union were there cooking hamburgers and fed everybody and Man, we just had a great time. It was it was really cool. So that's kind of been my impactful. It's not just about the 24 hours. You've become involved in a couple of the programs and things that we've done here, which have been really awesome. So I thank you for taking it to the next level and being a part of those things and even getting your family involved and, and, and doing all the fun stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. And then, of course, uh, thank you for what you do at 24 hours, you know, being involved with the committee and being involved with the uh, – the whole weekend. So uh, we appreciate that, and our survivors appreciate that. Pam, our next committee member joining us on the podcast, um, it's probably one of my favorites that I'm not married to. Okay. Be careful how you word that. I know, right? Got to be real careful. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of history here, a lot of uh, good times and, and um, so forth. So let's just leave it at that. Let's just I've jump. Got pictures. Let's just, yeah, let's just <laughs> jump right in. <laughs> Chris Gomez joining us on the podcast. Chris, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how long you've been involved with 24 Hours. So I think I came in on year three. I was on, um, I just rode. I was on the uh, largest team at the time, the old Dixon Peddlers. And um, was also involved down in the canyon with uh, Bill Snur mm-hmm. doing trail work and mm-hmm. everything else. And um, I think I... <laughs> I think I mentioned, hey, if you need any help, um, Uh-oh. You know, hit me up. <laughs> Does that sound familiar, Pam? So. I'm learning real quick. Just don't uh, ask, suggest. <laughs> You'll take him up on the offer. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Uh, so year four, I believe, is when I came on as a as a committee member. Um, back when we used to meet just in the living room of your house. So. <laughs> um, there's a trend there yep. is and that was that was the good old days and then uh transitioning to where we're at now and i mean we're a full-fledged team and i mean i, I put us up against anybody to run any type of event it's crazy um so chris why do you continue to volunteer for 24 hours so the reason i joined or started even doing 24 was um i have a long history of cancer in my family um all of my aunts have had breast cancer. Um, I've lost, I believe, four of them to breast cancer. Um, and then um, with last year, took a new, uh, even closer meaning with my mom being diagnosed and then uh, passing away in, in uh, November with uh, a liver cancer. So 
that's why I do 24. Um, it's been a, a close family connection for me. I mean, my kids are involved with it. They help out. Um, we love doing the rest stops and setting everything up and, you know, we're, we're there. We're a hundred percent there. So it, if, you, if you, those of you listening and, and Pam, I know, um, you've probably picked up on this. It, it's not, it's, it's interesting when someone comes along and says, you know, I want to be a part of it. I want to do, and it initially starts with them mm-hmm. and it grows into their family and everybody gets involved. Everybody does. And I mean, you're, you're the same way with, with your daughter. I mean, she's there at the survivor send off. And I mean, it, it's not just a, a, um, a you thing. It's a, it's a we thing. There's a bigger meaning than what you do. It's teaching your family to give back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's, that's my biggest deal is when I take my kids out there with me and I'm like, this is where you see it happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even, even my boy is always like, when can I become part of it? I'm like, well, you already are, but careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Around Ryan, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too is, is, um, that's, that's a huge life lesson, you know, service above thyself and being involved in something that's bigger than yourself. Um, that quite frankly, I think a lot of kids don't grasp and don't get. And that's, um, that, that's, that, I mean, I feel like everybody on our team who has children or kids and, and they're involved, they get it and they see it and they want their kids to get it and see it. About giving back. It is. Yeah. It's it is. definitely something that, that they look forward to. I mean, camping in the Canyon, being able to see everybody. Um, and that's like, they have my friends or their friends and mm-hmm. I mean, my son goes by boy and yeah. everybody knows him as boy. boy so <laughs> he does. Yeah. Well, and you know, we, we touched on the other question that we we've been asking all of our committee members is your connection to cancer. And uh, I know you and I, we had a lot of discussions and, and checking in on each other when, when your mom was going through her uh, cancer and, um, you know, uh, the things that you guys did with her to make sure she had checked everything off her, her list and uh, uh, completed everything. Um, but let's talk about some of your most memorable pieces and parts and happenings at 24 Hours. Yeah. I, and I can, Pam, I, I can honestly say I have no idea what's about to come out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, be aware. Yeah, no, it's... Um... I just everything is is uh you know it it never fails um to have something interesting happen down at 24 um I think probably the most memorable memorable thing for me is um this year um we have the signs that say I ride for and um you know my days of riding are long long gone um mainly by choice because Nobody wants to be down there riding the whole time, but um, just unless you're crazy. But uh, was this year when I made my sign and it said I'm riding for mom and um, being able to place it out in front of my um, campsite where I was staying at and uh, just being able to to reflect back at that. And I mean, she would mark it on her calendar and she knew that I was we were going to be gone, you know, that weekend and. You know, my sister at one time was on the committee mm-hmm. for a little while. And um, so she knew. She knew what that, what that meant to us. And then um, 
maybe two or three years into being a committee member, we used to do the whole family as a thank you. Mm-hmm. We all came down to the to the canyon and had a, I believe it was ribeyes that day. Yeah. And um, so she was able to see it full circle and, you know, everybody was giving everybody thanks and saying hi. And, and um, so that's probably my most memorable event. Um, like that's, that's personal to me. Um, but the thing that I look forward to every single year is uh, that's memorable to me is uh, the Saturday dinners, um, watching everybody come in, you know, seeing how everybody is, uh, just the families that come through there, um, being able to hear stories, you know, about. And sometimes people even see each other that they haven't seen each other. And, you know, it's been a year or two years or three years. And this year, I mean, there was – uh, one of our committee members saw somebody that they hadn't seen in forever and and yeah. uh, just a connection happened there and mm-hmm. how come, why, and you get to hear the stories and, you know, then you get to hear the, the side story, you know, this is this is who that was and, you know, they were struggling through this part of it. They yeah. helped out, you know, here. So that's uh, that's probably the most memorable thing that's happened for me there. So Yeah. Pam, I, I – uh, it's now my turn, right? Our listeners right. Are, are ready for this. Chris has no <laughs> idea what's coming. But uh, I've been going through everybody that we've talked to from our committee and, and talking about my most memorable or impactful moment that you've been involved in with 24 Hours. And oh, there's a lot. Uh, Chris is one of those guys, if you don't know him, which I would assume most of our listeners don't, but Chris is one of those guys who is very unassuming but always scheming and always has something up his sleeve. But don't go to dinner with him. <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's a, he's a fantastic cook. He's a fantastic <laughs> cook. The the one thing that that's interesting about Chris that would I would say is most memorable is uh, what he started doing at twenty four hours is not what he does today. So if we think back to like the very first year. I think what drew me to Chris was he was an electrician, is an electrician. He's very handy. And um, back in the old days where we use Juniper Campground, um, it's not what it used to be. It's it's l- doubled in size. But what it used to be is a little small campground that never got used until uh, 24 hours. And we would meet down there. There was always a flood. Yeah, there was always a flood. The week before... Or, a couple yeah. of weeks prior, yeah. and and the the way the canyon had settled, all the power pedestals for some parts of the year were underwater, which is why they shut them off. Um, and so we would go down and somehow get into the power boxes and dig out the rats' nests and dig out all the dirt and all the spider webs, hornets' nests, nest, all the things. And then Chris would look at it and go all right, I need six of these, I need 12 of those, I need five of those, and 10 of these. And I would look at him like, is this even doable? I mean, are we going to have power in this campground? And he'd say, don't worry about it, I got it. And he would get it donated and then be back down there putting it all back together. And miraculously, there was power for the weekend. There was light. (laughs) And then it would get shut off and it would sit and it would go to waste and then we'd do it again next year. Yep, exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly how it was. And then... He morphed into, hey, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm gonna bring my cooker, and we're cooking breakfast burritos, and we're doing this, and we're doing that. And for a while before we got too big, Chris headed up the crew that cooked the breakfast burritos that get delivered on Sunday, 
and has morphed into. Oh, we did the amazing brisket and egg burrito. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was a good. That was those were pretty good moments too. You'd be we'd be cooking there, you know, breakfast in the lighthouse parking lot, and the guys would roll by, and it was like, oh, it was like seeing the the wolf in the old cartoons, you know, that the the smell would drive them back to the to the cookers, <laughs> and they're like, can we have a burrito? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, get one, yeah. two, three, you know, yeah. and people would just stop there, and I mean that the thing that they wanted the most was to feel that that warm, yeah, you know, burrito on their hands and. Chuck yeah. one down and off they'd go. Again. Go back at it. <laughs> so. But you know the the cool thing is is Chris is one of those guys that's like whatever, whatever you need, mm-hmm. whether it's directing traffic in the rain, which he's done in his yellow bright yellow uh, slicker, or cooking fajitas for us on Saturday night or Friday night before everybody gets there. Thursday night, excuse me, before everybody gets there, or whether it's uh, taking pictures. Uh, he he's 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 done it all just about. Playing Tetris um, with the loading. Uh, and and forget about that too. He's our chief loader, and uh, I can cons- and I consult with him on fundraising incentives now, so I don't have to feel the wrath on the, on on yes. these are too heavy. This is too big. The, the year of the uh, what were those fire pits? fire pits? Yeah. Where's this all going to go? <laughs> I don't know. Just stuff it in there. <laughs> Where we almost lost toes. Yeah, um, it's been a wild ride, Pam. It has, Chris. Thank you so much for what you do for. Um, our committee, but also for what you do for our survivors. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Pam, our next committee member joining us on the podcast is one I've known for a long time and uh, anxious to get uh, to know him and share with our listeners is Casey Cook. Casey, thanks for joining us. Hey, and, good morning. Uh, thanks for letting, letting me be here. Tell us, tell our listeners, you know, how long you've been involved with this crazy weekend. So almost since the beginning, um, as we've talked about before. So, uh, we're calling this 16 years now. So um, in 07, um, my son was born in May. And so I helped with the original planning and even went down with the original setup and then went back home, stayed at home because we had a brand new baby at home and uh, you know did that and then came back down, helped clean up. So I'm calling myself part of the original crew. but The OG. Yeah, that's right. But there may be a little asterisk beside my name. I'm not quite part oh. of that. Although I will say, and I know you will agree because you've been a part of uh, every year, the setup then was a whole lot simpler than the setup now. <laughs> well, kind of, but if you recall, and, and we, we'll probably talk about this at some point later, but, you know, the setup involves some big, ugly plywood yeah. status boards. We'll a get to those in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff. So, Casey, why did you choose 24 hours to volunteer? Awesome question. So, Ryan and I go way back. So even before this started, I was working for Merck and Ryan was working for Pfizer. And we actually sold a competing <laughs> pharmaceutical product. Mine was uh, better. Enemies. Mine was better. We, we, they competed, but. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know about his statement about better, but uh, you know, mine was so effective, I think it got pulled from the market. So we'll, we'll let that ride. <laughs> but, That's a debate for another day. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we worked. Uh, in competing in, in a, a competing drug category, but we went to Sunday school and church together. Yeah, so it was a really weird love hate relationship. Love thy neighbor, huh? Uh, exactly. Except during the week. <laughs> well, I think it's keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I'm not okay. sure how that works, but anyway. yeah. He always asked me, "Did you move my samples at Doctor So and So's office?" I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's right. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Well, I'm asking that as I'm moving." I'm so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we got to be really close friends. 
Um, and, and so I'm going to tell a story that I don't know if I'm supposed to tell or not, but I'm going to tell it. Uh-uh. So while, while we were really close friends, Ryan goes in for, I don't know, a phys- physical or something. And he gets his test result back, and it's it was like devastating. His doctor said, "Hey, I think you've got lymphoma. I think it was." Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but but the doctor said, "We're not sure, but we got to do kind of exploratory surgery. We're going to poke some holes in you and go take some samples, and send those off the lab and figure out what's going on." So, when when Ryan went to this surgery, we kept his kids. I mean, that we were really close, and so his kids stayed the night with us while he was at the hospital. So we hear the results the next day, and the doctor comes out, and, and, and I'm going to paraphrase in my gray memory here, but the doctor comes out and says, it's not cancer. I don't know what it is, but it's not cancer. That's all that matters. And, and yeah. so they sent it off to the lab. Well, come to find out it was spleen tissue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. it was spleen tissue because, as I remember the story, when he was a boy, he and his brother were wrestling or just being boys and brothers and mm-hmm. doing what brothers do, mm-hmm. and they're roughhousing in the living room, and he jumps across the couch and didn't clear the couch and lands across the back of the couch across his abdomen, and it ruptures his spleen, yeah. and that tissue scatters across his abdomen. Later in life, it starts showing up again and masks itself as lymphoma. So he gets this, this like huge, scary moment in his life, mm-hmm. which is really the genesis of 24 hours. And I think there's a ton of people that don't realize that because Ryan and all y'all listeners, I'm giving him the glare because <laughs> he's taken this story off the website. So not many people know this background. And so he comes to a bunch of us. He calls us, you know, says, hey, everybody come to my house this one night. We're going to cook dinner. We're going to do something. I really don't remember exactly what was going on, but he has a bunch of us at his house. He goes, listen, I just dodged a bullet, and and I am so grateful for it. Excuse me, but because of this, I got to do something. So I got a crazy idea, and I remember him saying this. I got this crazy idea. I'm familiar with those crazy ideas. Uh, I bet you <laughs> there's are. A, there's a lot of people <laughs> familiar <laughs> with those. All too well. So he goes, I got this crazy idea. I want to start a 24-hour simultaneous mountain bike and road bike event in Paladero Canyon. Mm-hmm. And we looked at him and went, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> that's, that's nuts. But what the heck? We're in. Let's do this. And from there... This crazy event was born. So why 24 hours? Because he moved my samples on the, on the shelf. <laughs> we went to Sunday school together, and he comes up with this crazy idea. And it just seemed like, you know what? Yeah, this is the right thing to do. We need to be involved with this. You know, he's, he's about 99.9% spot on. <laughs> <laughs> You're still going to argue with that. Huh? I, 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 no, no. I, I think there was a lot of like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> How's this going to work? What are oh, we, yeah. yeah. A lot of those discussions that went on. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I, I cut out about 20 minutes or 30 minutes of conversation <laughs> to get to the end of, yeah, we're in. Yeah. And, and you've been there ever since. Crazy enough. Crazy enough. Crazy and enough. What a ride it's been. Holy cow. Yeah. So yeah. It has. It has. And we'll talk about a little bit of that in a second. Yeah. Let's talk about Casey. Um, only because I know. Uh-huh. Um, you know, previous to this, back when we were young and had hair, <laughs> we didn't you didn't have a connection really to cancer. Nope, not at all. Uh, but you do now. Yep. So let's let's talk about that. Yep. So last year my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um and, and just to be straight up honest, I can't even remember the kind of breast cancer it was, but it was the best kind to have. 
Um, long story short, uh, she went in, had a lumpectomy, um, and then went through, I think it was five sessions of chemo and done. Yeah. And completely discharged. So you can't ask for better than that. Very lucky. You know, so very lucky. And it was, it was kind of cool. I say cool. I know that sounds a little warped, but it was really cool to go, you know what? I've been so blessed because I've been involved with this event since the beginning and never been directly touched. Had a ton of friends and friends of friends and parents of friends and all that and, and see and hear all kinds of stories, but never directly touched. So it was really kind of cool to send an email um, that was a joint email introducing my mom to Pam. And, and Sweet I told, lady. Oh, she is. And, and to just... Have you met her? Not yet. She had <laughs> trips to go on. The oh, last I, mean, <laughs> I mean, in their quasi-retirement years, they're not letting dust settle anywhere. But mm-hmm. his parents are the best. I know, know David and Sandy well. Yeah. So it, it was really cool to, I hate to say it, but to finally get to use the 24-hour center or the survivorship clinic directly because mm-hmm. I've been blessed. I've not had a direct tie to it. Yeah, which we might add, which is another cool feature about the Survivorship Center. His mom doesn't live here in Amarillo. That's right. We're still able to make these things work. Yep. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's just for local, you know, Amarillo, Canyon, Bushland. It's not. You know, she lives way up in Hemphill County over in Canadian. And sometimes, sometimes she lives in <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> on, right. on trips. Traveling. But but it, this is what this is for. It's for It's for people who have local family or who are semi-local, you live in the panhandle, period, right? We serve everybody. We do. Yeah, we do. So, Casey, you've been here from the very beginning. I know you probably have some great memories of 24 hours. What's your favorite one? Oh, my gosh. You know, we were <laughs> laughing about that before we started recording. It's funny, some of my memories, because is you know when you're a worker bee, it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I don't know if I want to call them favorite memories, but I've, I've got a lot of memories of, I'm not going to call them pain points, but just difficult things or just weird things we've gotten into um, from the massive hailstorm one year to what year was it? It was like 105 down yeah. there and the water main broke. That was year number two. That was year number two. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and so um, I don't know what my assigned duty was that day, but what my duty ended up being for most of Saturday was loading up water coolers down in Juniper, taking them to the lighthouse parking lot, because mm-hmm. that was the farthest the water went at that point, yep. filling water coolers, taking them back to Juniper, getting the other set. And I just, all day, I did a rotation of just filling water. Do you remember that year? Because uh, it was hot. It was horribly hot. And uh, We've had a few of those. We've had a handful of those. Um, the ice truck people came back down for a second delivery of ice because we ran at, we were running low on ice, and I made a call, and they brought down a deal. And we nearly had a – it's the first time we, we nearly had a fight um, from committee members of seeing who got to be inside the ice truck <laughs> handing the ice bags out. No, 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 let me take it. No, 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 I, let me handle that. I'm going to hand those out. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a good I, – yeah, I don't know how I could forget about the, uh, the year the water main broke because – there were no bathrooms. There were there was no water anywhere. But yeah. somehow, some way, you made it. We through. made it through. We made it, through. and we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there's so many crazy memories. And and this event is one that it is game day decision. And 
there are just there's so many things that you just can't anticipate. And we've been doing this for 16 years now, and we've got a pretty good pattern. And everybody knows their roles, but there's still every year there's the most wild, unforeseen things that come up. You know, the one I, I chuckle about the most that we we talked about earlier was apparently a husband and wife had a fight. And uh, I didn't know this till we were talking about it, but the wife wasn't even involved. The husband was just writing. But so at some point they have a fight. He's writing. He comes back or something and doesn't see her, can't find her, thinks she's out just pleasure riding on the trail. And, and so they did what they're supposed to do. They get involved with a committee member. We get on the radios, have people looking, can't find her anywhere around. So we send people out on the trail, start looking. And apparently we even got law enforcement involved because that's, that's what we're supposed to do. And so mm-hmm. we didn't screw around at all. We had rescue people out looking and someone looked at their car and I don't know how this came about, but someone went and looked in her car and she was sitting in her car with the car running with the air conditioner going because <laughs> we found out they had had a spat yeah. and she was ticked. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many of those things that people out there that are, that are riders and, and fundraisers in the event, they don't know all the behind the scenes. And really that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't know the behind the scenes stuff that we deal with, that's really cool. That means we're doing our job Right. And, and we sit back and laugh about some of them sometimes. Oh like, my gosh. oh my gosh, did y'all notice? Did y'all see? Did y'all hear? Uh, I tell you though, Pam, I, as I'm doing with everybody, so one of this is just going to be kind of funny because Casey hit it right on the head. Um, he's one of those guys that, of course, has been around, knows all the places, knows all the spots, knows all the things that uh, you just look up and it's done. Mm-hmm. And and there's a there's a, a core group of those folks that um, don't ever really need direction they just get they know hey this time this has to be done that it up and so i look at casey sometimes as uh he just shows up and my one of my most memorable and it happens about every maybe every year at least once is for instance i i'll be at uh the turn waiting for the hundred miler people to come in and they're they're trickling in as dusk starts to come down and um, it's starting to get a little dark, which is also dinner time. And I'm directing traffic and I'm handing off and I'm doing, and then my stomach's rumbling. And all of a sudden here comes this, this, food. this pickup, <laughs> like a beacon in the night. And here it rolls up and he goes, you hungry? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, and guess what? He's got two of the most delicious brisket sandwiches known to mankind and uh, it just seems like every time you need something or anytime you're looking for something, it's like, oh, there's Casey. I bet he's got. <laughs> and that's true. That's, that's funny. He I, ends I up rolling up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and golly, the food, that's been a wild ride. Yeah, because that's, that's one of the deals Casey just manhandles. Yeah. You know, and from the first couple of years, we tried cooking our, the meals down there, and then you get into those drought years. And so we had burn bans. So then we couldn't cook down there. And so then you're like, okay, how do we do this? So f- for several years, we had, uh, you know, can I talk about some of our old sponsors sure. here? We yeah. had Mike Fogel uh, when he owned Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. And so we would get the, the the food ingredients donated, and Mike would cook it. And then I'd have to leave in the middle of the day and go to Hofbrau and pick <laughs> everything up and get it down to the king and in time and get it delivered and get it set out. And it's just I don't know. It's just been crazy. And then there's, you know, seems like I can't remember all the, the hiccups, but there's been times through the years where we thought we had everything lined up and at the last minute something fell out. Yeah. And, and used to, I'd just call Ryan and go, Hey, I got this problem. Now I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. And there's been a couple of times we've been in a meeting and he said, Hey, you got that set up? 
well, yeah, there's a little issue, but I got a handle. He's like, all right, always happens, but it's good. I trust you. <laughs> you don't need to, to worry have about it. Yeah. Those people on your committee. It is. It is. And I tell you, um, there, it, it, as Casey said, it is um, an ever evolving little project that just continues to go. And, you know, we would not be where we are today, Pam, without longevity on our committee. Like Casey, you know, been with it since uh, day one. And um, I guess we're doing something right. That's right. We are. That's right. Well, thank you, Casey. We appreciate you joining us and educating our listeners and just sharing a little bit about uh, 24 hours. And uh, we do appreciate what you do for our survivors. Awesome. It's a blessing to be here. Pam, our next committee member joining us on today's podcast is uh, uh, one that we've we've pulled back in, moved away a little bit ago, and we pulled back in to say, no, 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 you can move, but you can't leave, right? <laughs> yeah, he's so, stuck with us. That's right. That's right. Yeah, once you're in, you're in. It's kind of like a Supreme Court nomination, maybe. Yes, you're chipped, right? Chipped and tattooed. And mm. actually, he is tattooed. <laughs> so Bradley Herbert is joining us today. Bradley, thanks for joining us on our podcast. Morning, guys. Yeah. So let's talk about how long you guys and, and your wife, you can speak for your mm-hmm. wife naturally. She's not here, but you can speak with her or speak for her. How long have you guys been involved in 24 hours? So I was kind of thinking about this the other day and I'm pretty sure it was since year six. So we're going on 10 years now that we've been involved. Yeah. Um, the first handful of years were as race participants mm-hmm. and Lindsay and I either paired up on our own bikes or did the incredible brilliant thing of thinking that we should do it on the tandem together. Yeah. So hang on. Yeah, exactly. So those of you that are listening and go tandem, what does that mean? That's two people on the same bike. One of those, you know, bicycle built for two. And, uh, I have actually Pam attempted one time riding a tandem with, with someone. You and Kimberly? No, 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 (laughs) no. There is this, there is this, um, how shall we say this stigma around um, if you ride a tandem, it either strengthens your marriage or it ends your marriage. I would agree. Relationship accelerators. Yeah. (laughs) Whichever way it's going, it will get there a lot faster. A lot faster. And I determined there's no way we would survive the two of us on a tandem, but I did try to ride it with a friend of mine once and it was the scariest 10 minutes I think I'd ever been on a bike. And I was like, Nope, never again, never again. But, Mm. but, but, the Herberts rode it up and out of the canyon, did the 100 miles, and came back in on a tandem. And it's, it's a feat that I don't know has been matched. I did an absolute terrible job at fueling my body during that one. And when we got back, we got into the trailer that we were staying in. And Lindsay absolutely loves telling this story because I cramped up so bad that I hit the floor. And she was just dying laughing. I mean, there was no remorse (laughs) at all. She just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, they started out as participants, and then uh, we'll talk more about that. So why did y'all choose 24 hours to volunteer? Well, so the thing that really sparked us asking and talking with Ryan was the involvement with the children itself. And we really wanted to get involved in that part of it. But, I mean, cycling this local community and cancer itself has been a major part of our lives. So everything lined up perfectly. It just it made sense. Yeah. So he's referring, of course, to when we had our childhood program Mm -hmm. and uh, worked out well uh, to have you guys be a part. And uh, unfortunately, that that program did not take off. 
Um, never to say it won't come back, maybe, but who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, there was uh, some discussion about, hey, we'd like to be a part. And I'm like, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. They just, if they knew, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, let me buy you some lunch. We need to talk about this. You need to understand what you're getting into here. <laughs> that famous lunch? Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. And people are going, gosh, another one. Don't ever have lunch with Ryan or don't ever talk to Ryan or whatever the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bradley, let's talk real quick. I know you guys have a, a deep connection uh, with cancer both on both sides. We do. We really do. And as much as I'd like to say ours is a phenomenal story about it, unfortunately, ours is mostly centered around loss from cancer. Um, We do have some very recent incredible success stories. I mean, my dad being one, Mm -hmm. he was given like a 15% chance of survival when he was diagnosed. And he's now three years clean, I believe, and doing great. Um, But then we've lost both of Lindsay's parents. Um, and part of the reason why, you know, you guys mentioned moving away and across the state earlier is another loss of ours. We just lost brother-in-law um, recently to it. So it's, it's a major driver for the things we do in life and kind of the bigger mission beyond our careers, our jobs, our interests, our things along those lines. So as much as this is about community and cycling for us, this is much more so about the cancer aspect of it and just helping to push what, you know, we do. Yeah. It goes to that quote, Pam, that, um, I, I cannot remember who said it, but it's, you know, getting lost in service beyond thyself. Yeah, it does. So, um, so Bradley, do you have any good memories of 24, your favorite one? Uh, you know, we were kind of joking about this beforehand, and most people are going to mention stuff about weather, which it's hard to <laughs> avoid because it seems to happen every single year that there's something around the weather that we're going to have to adjust or pivot for or react to or with. So you ask that again in another year, and it's probably going to have a new piece. I mean, <laughs> this last year with all the constant flooding and having to scramble and then all the work that went in ahead of time to make sure stuff was ready. And then in the end, it just, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the conditions were Couldn't great, things like that. You know, and you think back in the storms that have come in in the middle of 24, and we've had to stop and adjust mm-hmm. and walking through flooded roads and getting people out of there. I mean, those things are a pain in the butt, but those are the things you remember every single time. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no question. Um, I don't know how many times the bridges got put back in this for this year. Um, but too many. Exactly. Too many is the right answer. But to have such an amazing team, um, some who are on the podcast and some who chose not to be, but it's, right. you know, to have such an amazing team that is able to pull together and make all this happen, it's it, we can't ask for a better crew. We can't. I remember Bradley out there with the shovel, shoveling the water out of the road. Yep. Yep. It is. It takes a lot. It does. You know, uh, one of the things Bradley we're, I'm doing and our listeners are probably going, Oh, here it comes is talking about my memories or most memorable things, um, with, with folks that we've seen happen and, and, and being a part. And I think one of the most memorable and impactful things since you guys have been involved is, uh, the growth um, that you kind of helped spur is in our, our other event. 
uh, I swore forever, Pam, that 24 hours would be it only, never again, no more. It takes too much. No, no, no moss. And uh, I, somewhere in the back of my mind, I had this idea and I mentioned it to Bradley kind of in passing and I don't know what it was, but it was like a spark on the driest grass ever. And it took off like a wildfire, a big wildfire and uh, has led to another event, you know, that we that we have called good night's grind. And um, it, it has the potential to be another 24 hours in the Canyon, which I say that and kind of tremble at the same time <laughs> because it, it, it's, it's tremendous. Um, yeah. And so, you know, one of the most impactful things I've seen um, since we've been involved, since you've been involved, there's been numerous, uh, but that's, that's pretty much uh, my most impactful thought with us. I think we kind of switch roles at that point, and I think I probably should have taken you back to Jason's deli and sat you down and said, "Ryan, are you sure you know what you're asking here? Because yeah. uh-huh. like, we can do this. We yeah. we could make this happen." And, now that would have been you know, good. That doesn't happen very often with Ryan. <laughs> oh, oh. I know at first it was, you know, I need to catch on and hold on because we're about to go for a ride. But yeah, you threw that out there, and I was like, "Are you ready?" <laughs> and and it's been good so far. So far, it's been great. It's been great. Well, Bradley, thank you for uh, what you and, and uh, Lindsay do and in, in, in helping with our event um, for our survivors, you know, the ultimate goal. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, of course, we're glad that you, even though you've moved away, uh, you, you haven't forgotten us and you're still, you're still around. And we're thankful for that because um, it takes every single person, Pam, to, to really fill those gaps and make things happen. There's a lot of good people on our committee. There are. There yes. are. Yeah, it's it's an amazing team. And, uh, you know, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that does that's not it. We're, we're, we're going to – we've got more. Uh, you know, th- this is a, um, a very small portion of our team. And uh, the rest that wanted to join will be on this next episode, right? We're splitting this into two. Yes, we need to give them all the, uh, their time. So. That's right. That's right. So – Thank you guys for listening this week, and in, in and hopefully you've learned a little bit about how things happen. You've learned a little bit about the people behind the curtain and how things operate. And, and jo- if Ryan asks you to lunch, <laughs> be careful for what you ask for. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> there are some people. May some people, I think there are who might enjoy that. Yeah, Bradley. well thank you guys for listening this week uh to this episode and be sure and join us next week for another great episode of beyond the ribbon as we join the other group of our committee members from 24 hours in the canyon thank you for joining us for this episode of beyond the ribbon make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates if you'd like more information about the 24 hours in the canyon cancer survivorship center please visit our website 24survivorship.org thanks again And we'll be back next week.